Well, good morning, Center Point Church. How is everybody today? You guys doing good? Look, you're all dry. You came and there was rain. I was concerned. I thought, you know, we live in California. When it rains, usually the kids don't even go to school, you know, but you're here. And so I'm just happy that you guys made it and you drove safe. And uh, yeah, I'm excited that we are in a series right now called Pathways. Everybody say Pathway. That's right. And before I jump into the goodness of today, I want to just point out there was a chair drop on your seat. Please grab that right now and uh, take a gander at it. Um, We want this to not just stay on the chair, not to end up under the chair or in your purse or in your wallet, crumpled up or in your pocket. Please give this to someone um, and invite them to church with you. It is an easy way. I'll, I'll, I'll role play with you. You literally take the card, you go up to your coworker and you say, hey, I, I think that this would be awesome for you to come with me. What do you got plans next week? They said, I'm busy. He said, okay, cool. The service doesn't start until two weeks later. So come with me in two weeks. I gotcha. And then, and then you get them here and then they love Jesus and then we just continue to multiply. So Zeal is a series that we're starting in two weeks. Next week, Pastor John is going to be preaching in the house. So excited and, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this series. But today, let's talk about pathways. So if you haven't been with us for the first two weeks, let me even give you a quick recap of why we're doing this series. This series is all about the discipleship pathway here at Centerpoint. We believe that when you come as, as someone who's never attended church here, usually it starts with an encounter. It starts with worship, right? It starts with meeting God. So everybody, I'm going to take you to CP Kids for a second. Do your hand emojis, right? Okay. This is right here. This is what worship looks like. It's an up arrow. And so this is where worship starts. We start here and then follow my hands, okay? And then it comes with connection, okay? So now we're right here. Watch what's about to happen. I'm about to blow your mind, okay? And then we go into serving. And then we do the sweet yoga move and we just come out to influence, and then back again. One more time. Shake it off. Okay, all right. So listen, uh, we're in a series right now called Pathways, and I get to continue part three today. And so we've talked about worship. Pastor Donovan gave the word two weeks ago. It was awesome. And then we had Pastor Ann last week. Thank you. It was an amazing message about community, about getting connected. And today we are talking about serving. We're talking about serving today. How many of you guys know that Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve? right? And, and, and so today we're going to talk about the, really the heart of Jesus. It's not just the heartbeat of this church. It's the heart and the culture of Jesus's church. Jesus said, I came to build my church that the gates of hell will not prevail. And he does that through us, which is amazing because I'm a misfit. I, don't, I shouldn't be one of these people that God is using to build a church, but he's like, I'm actually attracted to you because of something that you feel limited in, and I'm going to use you all for my glory. Amen? So there's always room for all of us to find a place to serve in this house, but how many of you are ready to get into the word? Okay, turn with me to Exodus. Exodus chapter 18, grab your smartphones, or the new thing is your dumb phones. People are actually going back to the, the flip phone, and uh, I think I might do it. How many of you guys think I could pull it off? I think I could, really, honestly. Okay, Exodus chapter 18, Exodus chapter 18, shout at me when you're there. 
Exodus 18. We really are going to be focusing in on verse 13 through 27. It's a, it's a chunk, but there's something that God showed me that he wants me to grab in the first section, okay? So there's really this chapter can, can be broken up into two sections, Jethro's uh, arrival and then Jethro's advice, okay? So there's this guy named Jethro, and let me explain this to you. If you're not familiar with Exodus, Exodus is the book of exiting out of, of Egypt. Pharaoh has tried to keep uh, God's people for 400 years in slavery, and Moses is one man that God is using to free an entire nation, and, and he has done it already. This is now two months after they have crossed over the Red Sea. They have already defeated the Amalekites. They have already struck the rock and the water came out. The manna and the quail has come from heaven. And now Moses is in a season, but he's not in a good place. He's not in a good place. And, and I think that this is important to point out because sometimes we think of Bible characters as just these like heroic, perfect people. And it's very important that you see that, that God uses people who are not perfect and today, I, I just want to reset the bar to tell you this. You don't have to have the Bible memorized to serve in church. You do not have to have a perfect life. God is perfect. Let him change those things. But let's serve together in this house. Amen? So Exodus chapter 18, starting in verse 1. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, was a priest, heard about everything God had done for Moses and his people and the Israelites. He heard especially about how the Lord had rescued them from, to, from Egypt. If this was today, it would be all over social media, the parting of the Red Sea, the, the, the manna falling from the sky. Somehow, Jethro already heard about it. Verse two, earlier Moses had sent his wife, Sephora, and his two sons back to Jethro, who had taken them in. No, I want to just pause there for a second and point out something. When you are overwhelmed in leadership, the signs, the early signs of burnout is where you will push away your family. And you see in this passage of scripture, Moses, for some reason, is sending away his family when he is overwhelmed. Keep that in mind. Verse three, Moses' first son was named uh, Geshurim, for Moses had said, oh, we actually are skipping those. Go to verse five, actually. Verse five, here we go. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, now came to visit Moses in the wilderness. Everybody say, in the wilderness. In the wilderness, the place of wandering, the place of isolation, the place of hunger, the place of, of not yet, the place of, of, of still wandering around, going another lap around the mountain. Moses' father-in-law is now coming to, to Moses in the wilderness, in the wilderness. He brought Moses' his wife and his two sons with him, and they arrived while Moses and his people were camped near the mountain of God. Verse six, Jethro had sent a message to Moses saying, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming to see you with your wife and your two sons. What is Jethro trying to do? Jethro is actually trying to bring Moses' family back to Moses. Um, and, and so what seems kind of like a, a very just pleasant uh, trip is actually um, he's trying to reconcile. Notice that it said that, that Jethro was, was a priest. It says that Jethro is actually trying to bring Moses' family back to Moses. And it's interesting that if you keep on reading, and because of my time is limited with you, and it's not the portion of the text that I want to study today, I want to just tell you exactly what happens. Basically, Jethro's family shows up, uh, which is his daughter, who is married to Moses, and their two kids. And when Moses comes to see his family, he goes right past his wife and two kids and goes straight into a meeting. 
which tells me something is that sometimes when we are overwhelmed, sometimes when we're doing too much, we will, will actually like negate the things that we really need. The things that are super important to us that we should be paying attention to, we are blindsided by it because we are overwhelmed by how much we have to do. And so he just bypasses his family, takes uh, Jethro, they go into the tent, this is the meeting place, and, and basically Moses begins to just tell Jethro everything that God had done in a previous season. God was so amazing, God freed us from the, from the jaws of Pharaoh and, and from the sword of Pharaoh, and, and we, we escaped, and there was, there was 600,000 men, and we crossed over the, the water, which means there was probably more like two million people that crossed over the Red Sea, and, and Jethro's like, wow, that's amazing. That's incredible. Wow, your God is, is spectacular. No, no kidding, let's, let's, let's create an offering moment for him. And then this is where we pick up with the story today. Chapter 13, or not chapter 13, verse 13, are you there? The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here. I want you to, if you're a note taker, if you're somebody, I want you to actually underline that or circle that or write that in your notes. What are you really trying to accomplish here? When it comes to serving, what are we really trying to accomplish? What is the goal? What is the why? Why are we doing what we're doing? Jethro is asking Moses a very, a very practical question. What are you doing being the only person sitting in a chair listening to the disputes of two million people? You are one person. This is overwhelming. You're going to burn out. This is too much for you, Moses. Why are you trying to do this alone while everyone stands around you from morning until evening? Moses replied, listen to his response. Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me. And I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I form the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. Verse 17, what does he say on the screens? One more time. This is not good. One more time. This is not good. It's not that what Moses was doing was bad. Moses was doing a good thing. It's, it's the way he was doing it that was wrong. What was wrong about it? He was doing it alone. How many know that there's no I in team? How do you know that, that, that it's, it doesn't even say me and team? It, it, there's something about when we come together that, that this is the way that God's design for serving is that we wouldn't do it alone, okay? Verse 17, this is not good. Moses' father-in-law exclaimed, you're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy of a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you, let the leaders decide. Let, let the leadership decide. Let the leaders decide. The smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load. Everybody say, carry the load. Carry the load. Making the task easier for you. If, if 
you follow this advice. I love that it, it, there's, a, there's an if there. If you follow this advice, and if God's commands you to do so, then, <laughs> then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Thank you, Lord. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all of Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000, 150, and the 10 people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. Last verse, soon after this, Moses said goodbye to this father-in-law who returned to his own hometown. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are here right now. And God, we just ask that you would do something that you've never done before. Lord, uh, God, we, we came to hear from you. We came to be encouraged by you, Lord. We, we, we came to meet with you this morning. And so, Father, I ask for those of us who came in that, um, that are far from you, would you draw them in closer? I ask, Lord, that those who... Um, who maybe have already even heard this, this passage before, God, would we um, just reset our hearts right now? Reset ourselves so that we would, we would listen, that we would eat right now. God, for your manna is good and tasteful, Lord. We love you. We honor you. We ask, Lord, right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and we welcome you into this space. We welcome you, Lord, to, to have your way. And we ask, Father, Lord, that... God, this message would be a message that um, resets us and recalibrates us to make changes in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, so recently, my, my wife got into uh, a, a new form of her business. She, she kind of left the salon that she was working at, and now she has her own uh, her own space. She's, she's booth renting uh, in, off of uh, Cal Oaks Road. And, um, and so she, she's having to build a lot of furniture and a lot of things to put together. And um, how many of you guys know husbands? How many of you know that, that sometimes when you get home from work, there's, there's a project waiting for you that you didn't know about? Anybody, can I get a witness in the church today? I see you, brother, in the back. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Uh, it's <laughs> thank you for your thank you. Okay, uh, so I, my wife, she, she has this project for me that I didn't know about, and so I walked into the house. It was, it was literally, I think it was after Thursday night, young adults. We, we go hard till like 10 o'clock at night, and, uh, and, and I get home. I'm tired. Dad face, dad eyes, you know, haven't got much sleep, and, and my wife goes, hey, honey, um, would you mind helping me with putting that cabinet together over there? And I look over and it's this ginormous box, like massive box. And I was like, oh gosh, <sighs> of course, absolutely. All I could think about in my head was the marriage conference was this weekend. I didn't want her to have a good story to tell about me. <laughs> So I said, absolutely, I'd love to. Nothing better I would love to do than to build this stinking cabinet. So I literally, I open up the instructions and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm kind of just aware, hey, my wife's not helping me. Uh, did she think I could do this alone? And uh, so we're having this conversation through a baby monitor, you know, and I'm like, I'm like are, you, are you coming downstairs? I'm breastfeeding. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah for sure. And now I feel bad. So I'm trying to build this cabinet and, and you know you're not a handyman when your wife tells you, be careful not to bend the nails. <laughs> I just wanted her to know the finesse of the way I hold a hammer. 
I, I know what I'm doing with a hammer, okay? Uh, I, don't, I don't bruise my fingers when I'm playing with the hammer, right? And so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hammering these nails and the nails are shooting out. They're going this way and that way. And all I'm thinking in my head was, I just wish I had somebody to help me. And then my wife comes downstairs and, uh, and then she's like, she's like giving me the, like the little tools and little things and I'm building this thing and I'm just thinking, how long is this going to take? Three hours later, it is now midnight and I am, I am finally finishing up the last couple of screws. And it's like, those are the ones where you don't even care how it goes in. You're just like, smash, 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 you know, like, <laughs> and the screws are flying. And, and then all I'm thinking is just, just keep your calm. She won't have a story to tell about you. You're good. And then I finish and I put the cabinet up. I'm like, look at it. And she goes, it looks weird. And I, and I said, why? She said, I think the cabinets are upside down. <laughs> yeah! So then I go over to the cabinet. I look at the picture and I'm trying to basically tell her, no, it looks fine. It, it does, you just grab it from up here and you open it this way. <laughs> Anybody ever tried to do that one before, brother? Yep, okay, yeah. So I, I'm trying to open these cabinets like this, and she goes, it's not working. This, this isn't good. And, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm thinking, but it, but it works. The cabinet opens. It's midnight. You are pushing my patience. Submit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, and so I, I basically, I pull the cabinets off and, and I start putting it back together the right way. And, and, and then I notice that it actually fits. And when the cabinet opens, you don't hear this weird creaking sound. And, and my point being is this, guys, when we get involved in serving, sometimes you see the picture like on the box, but then it, when you get to it, it's not put together. You, you gotta roll your sleeves up and you gotta get in there and, and sometimes you're gonna break a sweat and sometimes you're gonna make some people mad and sometimes some screws are gonna go flying in different directions. My point being is this though, is that, is that if we can work together, we can build faster. If we work together, we'll be more efficient, we'll be more effective. And I found myself just frustrated and it wasn't that I was doing a bad job, it's just that I was doing it alone. And if I would have just had somebody at the beginning to say, hey, I think you're putting the cabinet on backwards, it could have saved me a headache and maybe an extra hour of sleep. And my point is, is that Moses is not in a good place. Moses is in this, this season where, where God used one man to free an entire nation, and he went from being a rescuer in one season to now he's having to sit as a judge in another season. And he's doing it alone. And I want you to think about the, just the, the picture of, of people lining up early in the morning because they have problems. How many know that, that when you are in the wilderness, there's going to be some issues, right? And, and so the, the people are, are they, got, they got some temper tantrums. They're hungry. They've, they've had manna. That's all they've been eating recently. They're, they're, they're hangry. And, and they're, they're lining up and they have serious issues. And Moses because the people are coming to him, and, and yes, he has a great heart and he loves people, but because they have, they're asking him personally for help, he thinks it's his personal responsibility to help every single person. Can I tell you that that is not the model? The model is, no, I'm not going to help you at the expense that I'm gonna miss dinner tonight with my family for the fourth night in a row. I'm sorry, I just, I just don't have the capacity. We have to become people where when we get overwhelmed, we don't just say yes. And, and that's the thing is that sometimes we get so tired that we, we, don't, we don't even, we don't have a fight in us to say no. 
We just go, yeah, okay, I'm already down, sure. Uh, just line up. And, and the line is going all the way back to Egypt. You know what I mean? Like there's two million people lining up every morning. And can you imagine, have you ever been to Disneyland and just had to stand in those long, ridiculous lines? Some, one of my friends just went and bought a $200, a $200 uh, lightsaber and I was like, you're ridiculous. It was $200 for a lightsaber. Anybody in here? No, don't raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> The lines are ridiculous. I can't stand long lines. And for some reason, these people are just lining up. And can you imagine standing in the desert from morning until night? And then Moses is like, I'm tired. <laughs> come back tomorrow. <laughs> you know, and then the line has to come back the next day. Jethro notices something and he says, this isn't going to work. You're going to wear yourself out. And the interesting thing about this is that when Moses uh, meets with Jethro and Jethro returns his family to him, Moses doesn't even acknowledge his family. He just goes, continues to go straight back to business. And one of the things that I wanna tell you is that when we get so overwhelmed with doing, we, we miss the opportunities for developing. <laughs> what I'm saying is that there, there are certain types of people that we, we just do things. Anybody is just like a get it done type of guy or, or woman, anybody in this room is just like, there's a, I'll just, I'll handle it, I'll get it done. That's great when it's in a certain type of situation but it's better when you can surround yourself with other people. My main point for tonight is, or today is this, is that start serving together and watch as God makes it better. Start serving together and watch as God makes it better. God was speaking to me this week as I was preparing this message and, and I was kind of challenged with this. I was thinking, you know, serving is one of those things that we kind of all know that we're supposed to do. And maybe we all have a legitimate reason for why we do or don't, you know, maybe a reason why we're not involved. And I guess God was sharing with me this. He was saying, I want you to speak to both sides in this message. I want you to speak to those who are serving and I want you to encourage them and I want you to give them hope that, that a weight that you are carrying right now, you can delegate and, and develop others to help you carry the load. But then there's also those of us who are not serving and, and it is equally not as good for you to not be involved, okay? I love you, I'm trying to pastor right now, okay? This is more than just a feel-good message, okay? The, the, the point being is this, is that when, when we're just doing it alone, we become overwhelmed, we get isolated, we start doing irrational things like sending our families away. Oh, I just, I don't have time to come home tonight. Oh, there, I just got this other person that I gotta meet with. And it's like, no, find somebody else that doesn't have people meeting with them to meet with. You're not the only person who can hear from God, right? The same spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. So if I can hear from God and his sheep know their shepherd's voice, then so can you. So we don't just need the guy on the platform or the woman on the platform to, to, to be doing all this. We can do it together. How many of you know that, that people would not leave frustrated if they just knew that there was people around them that cared for them? What if we didn't just stop? What if we stopped saying, oh, just let the leadership handle that? And we started saying, no, I got this. If there's a need, I'm showing up at the hospital. If there's a need for that kid who, whose dad isn't around, I'll show up for Father Sunday. I'll show up at the schools. I'll show up and, and I'll go visit people, you know, in, in, in the elderly homes. I'll, I'll show up where there's a need. If we could all just be people that Jesus had this vision where he said, you don't understand this right now, Peter, but you will one day. I, I didn't come to 
be served, I came to serve. And, and he's, there's something about Moses in this moment that he's missing the moment. He's missing the point. The point is that it's not that what he was doing was bad. It's that he was doing it alone. And can I go deeper for a second? Okay. So <clears throat> Moses, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, if, you're, if you've studied Hebrews, the heroic chapter of all the people of faith, it says it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was a baby because they saw that he was an unusual child. Unusual child. They saw that he was unusual, so they hid him for three months because Pharaoh was trying to, to kill uh, the firstborn sons, and so they, they hid Moses. And now I, I have a three-and-a-half-month-old baby right now, and so I'm learning as I've been studying and reading books like Baby Wise and all these other great books, I, I'm learning that, that the first year is the year of development for a child. So what happens to a baby when you stuff it in a sink? What happens to a child, the trauma that they will go through that, that they don't even know, that they don't remember it happening to them, but when you send a baby down the Nile and you leave them and family just kind of sends them away, something happens that if you don't deal with it in your childhood, it will manifest in your adulthood. If you don't deal with it when you're young, something's gonna happen where you were sent away by your family, so now all you know is to send away your family. The Apostle Paul, Acts chapter six, the, the stoning of Stephen. There's a young boy who's there standing holding the coats of the religious leaders as they take rocks and are killing a Christian. A child who witnesses murder grows up to become a murderer. What you don't deal with in your childhood will come back to haunt you in your adulthood. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody here today. We have freedom prayer. We have other things. Don't allow yourself to just say, no, nah, that's not for me. I don't serve people. I don't help people. Nobody was ever there for me. Don't let something that happened to you in your childhood in a moment define the trajectory of the rest of your life. Amen. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Start serving together and watch as God makes it better. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 So we're going to focus in on verse 17 for today. Verse 17, Jethro is, is watching Moses sit in his chair while everybody stands around him, and he's, he's just looking at this, this leadership model and going, this isn't going to work. You, you, you're going to wear yourself out. There, there's, this is not what God wants you to do. He tells him his advice to Moses. Jethro's advice to Moses is this. You should still be the representative of the people before God, but he says, let the leadership decide the small things. He says, you, you need to select capable men who can, who can take care of 1,000, 500, 110. Here's my point. The person who can start with 10 eventually is able to take care of 1,000, but not everybody who can take care of 1,000 is just naturally able to do that. We all have different capacities. We all have different pressure, pressures of what we can handle. You know, the, the Bible talks about um, the Apostle Paul. He says, you know, I was, I was pressed beyond measure at all sides. Jesus, when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he's under pressure. And what does he do? He brings people with him. 
And he brings him and he says, guys, I, I, I feel like I'm about to die. I'm, I'm under this immense amount of pressure. And he, and he goes to the father and he talks to them. And my point being is, is this, guys, is that we all have different amounts of pressure that we can handle. And Moses is under so much pressure, he, he's stuck. Moses is taking care of everybody, but who's taking care of Moses? And so Jethro tells him, this, this isn't going to work. I want you to go and select people. I want you to, to say this out loud, okay? I have the authority, have the authority. To, bring to bring people into leadership. That's right. So it's not just certain people's roles where they go, I see this in you. You walk up to your friends, you walk up to your coworkers, you walk to your family members and say, hey, you've been coming to Centerpoint now for six months. What do you think about getting involved in serving? Just ask. And, and really, and then seek it out. And, and here's what I wanna challenge you. Nothing provokes someone like you saying what you see in them. It is the, I think it is, it is the fuel to get people into their calling. It is when you, you do this, you say, I see in you, or the acronym would be I, the letter C, the letter U, or N, and then the letter U. I see in you, moments. It's the moments like, for me, it was like, um, there was a young, young guy that a year and a half ago, Pastor John came up to me and he said, hey, there's this young guy who wants to become a pastor um, and, and he's, he's much younger than you, but I think that you should go and talk to him. So I met with this young guy, and, um, and I said, so what do you wanna do? He said, I, I wanna be a pastor. I said, great. I said, uh, I said why? He said, well, you know, I, <clears throat> wanna, I, wanna, I wanna preach. <laughs> I said, that's great. I said, did you know that pastoring involves a lot more than just speaking on the platform? He said, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you for the next year to give yourself to serving and it's not gonna be on the platform. I said, can you commit to one year? And he said, yeah, I, I can do that. I said, even if nobody thanks you? He said, yeah. I said, even if nobody sees what you're doing? He said, yeah, and I said, okay, great. I said, in one year from now, I said, I'll let you give your first message. He said, okay, challenge accepted. So I put it in my calendar. <laughs> six months later, on the dot, I have this reminder that says in six months, you know, in six months, you're gonna talk with, with this person. But at the six month mark, I, I approached him. I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm doing great, I love it. I said, awesome, I want you to uh, give the offering moment. I said, it's, it's a two minute talk. You're gonna share a Bible verse, you're gonna share some thoughts, and you're gonna encourage people to give. Can you do that? He said, yes. So we did it. And then exactly a year to the date, we had our student takeover. And I had him up here on the platform. And he gave his first message. And his eyes lit up. And, and he came alive because, because what he was called to do, somebody saw it in him and gave him vision for it. And, and that's what we have to do. We, we, have to, we have to create pathways. We have to create vision for people to say, I see this in you. You're, you're, you're not wrong. You are gifted. You are anointed. There, there is a call in your life, but, but we got to do it together. It's, it's wrong for just me to be up here. I want to give my role away to somebody else. Because God has something else in store for me. He's a good, good father, right? And so when we serve together, we, we can help carry the pressure. I have some, some boys from, from the CP team. They're gonna, they're gonna come on up here. And uh, look at these guys. They got their shirts. Like, oh, so jeez. Okay, come on up here. <laughs> How many of you guys know I like to have fun in church? Okay. 
<laughs> okay. <I> you... <laughs> this is what the platform's like. Yeah. Come on up here, guys. Okay. So um, these are my friends who help out on the parking team, and they're awesome. Um, okay. So I want you, Eric, you're a strong guy. I want you to just, can you just hold that out like that for me? That's great. Okay. Now I'm going to keep talking for a second. And um, is it heavy right now? Not yet. Oh, he knows. Not yet. But how many of you know that the longer you hold on to something that seems light in one season can become heavy in another? Even a water bottle eventually will become heavy, right? And so this is great. Gains, man. Come on. And so uh, you did train this morning. This is good. I want you to focus in on verse 23. Can we put 23 on the screen? Verse 23, if you follow this advice and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressure and all these people will go home in peace. My point is this, is that in leadership, when we're holding a certain amount of weight, sometimes the people around you get shaky. They go, can, can you really handle all that? Can you, can you, are you okay? But how many of you know that if we just have brothers around to support the way, there's a sense of calmness, a sense of peace that comes. Okay, you guys go, go off the real quick. Okay, one more, you good? Okay, 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 get comfy for a second. But how many of you know that sometimes God will put you in a season where he says the weight's about to get a lot heavier? You want to put it over your shoulder or anything? Are you good? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Can you turn towards me? <laughs> and it's a different season. How many of you know that you don't feel the peace right now? <laughs> the verse says, if you follow this advice and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressure. If you know that you have capable people around you that could help you, why would you not ask for help? Why would you carry the load alone? <laughs> I think I'm more scared than he is. Here we go. Do you see what happens when we get other people around us who can help us carry the weight? It's not our job to carry it alone. Even if you look good doing it, it's better if you have some people that will help you carry the weight. Can I get an amen from somebody today? We gotta endure the pressures together in Jesus' name. All right, you can bring me down. Thank you so much, amazing dog. Thank you guys, thank you. Did you notice, though, that when, when Eric was just carrying the weight by himself, there was a sense of, of anxiousness, a sense of uncertainty, a sense of, of oh, maybe I should go up there and help. <laughs> but then you saw when other people came around and they helped carry the weight. Did you notice how it says that they went home in peace? There's a sense of peace that comes even to this church when we know that, when I know that I got other people around me that got my back, 
when I know that I got other people who are stepping in, I think the enemy gets shaky. I think the enemy gets worried. I think the enemy's trying to do anything he can, fiery arrows being shot your way, just so you don't start serving. Because I think that hell knows that if you get involved, people are gonna get set free. And it's almost like, it's almost like when you're trying to carry the weight, you feel the struggle, you feel the weight of it. And there's this feeling that comes in that says, maybe you're not meant to do this because you can't handle the pressure. And that's a lie because we have people around us who care. And so we need to be people who get involved and help carry the weight. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. I'm ready to close this out right now. I ran out of time, but I want you to go home and finish the passage of scripture, go over the bulletin questions on the back, and um, let's pray together right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, today is your opportunity, today is the day of salvation, the day where where you open your heart, you open your life, and you say, "I, I need to repent of my sins and turn to God, I need God to save me, I I need God to rescue me and to be the Lord of my life. And we all are supposed to be given this moment, this opportunity together to make a decision. And I want you to know the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. You will be saved. There is no prerequisite for how good of a person you have to be. No matter what season you're in, no matter how far you think you are from him, he is closer than a brother. And he loves you. And he's for you and not against you. And the weight that you're carrying, the best thing you can do is invite Jesus in. I don't know what kind of pressure you're under, but I want you to know that he's faithful. He loves you. He'll never abandon you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna count to three. When I say three, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand. As a pastor, I wanna know who I'm praying for and connecting with. One, Jesus came from heaven to earth to save us. Two, he died on the cross for us. He nailed our sins to that cross so that we would be spotless and blameless, that we would be seen as righteous before our Father. Three, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, raise your hand. I see your hand, sir. See your hand over here, that's incredible. Anybody else ready to give their life to the Lord today? Repent of their sins, turn to God, say, I I need Jesus. There's no shame in this moment. I see your hand right here, ma'am. Another hand right here, it's incredible. If I can't see your hand, heaven sees your hand. Let's just say a prayer together. Just talk to Jesus because he's in the room right now. Jesus, I give my life to you. I repent right now of where I've fallen short and sinned. And I ask you to forgive me and heal me. I ask you to come into my life and change me. Make me like you. I love you and I trust you to lead me. Thank you. Thank you, Father for sending Jesus for me. It's in your son's name, I pray. Amen, amen. Can we celebrate together for people who just gave their life to the Lord?
Amazing. Amazing.